0: What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Matt Preet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, and boy on Twitter at M-M-A-L-O-T. And this week, we're going over UFC Vegas 27, headlined by a great bantamweight fight between Rob Font and Cody Garbrandt. Uh, decent card all around, right? We got Yan on and fighting Carlos Esparza in the co-main event. Very excited about that one in terms of... You know, the positional rankings and all that type of stuff. And Xiao Nan has definitely been somebody that I've been really high on ever since she made her UFC debut. So I can't wait to see if she's able to get that next step and eventually uh, get that title shot. If she beats Esparza, I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up getting a title shot after that. A uh, couple other fights sprinkled out throughout the card. I like my guy, uh, Holly and Paiva, coming back as well after a little bit of a layoff. Uh, Jack Romanson versus Edmund Shabazi was supposed to go down last week. That one's coming back too. Uh, Bill Algio versus Ricardo Hamrush, another fight that happened uh, that was scheduled for a couple of weeks ago, possibly even a couple months ago at this point in time. Uh, and now they are scheduled to throw down this weekend. Uh, tons of great stuff, not to mention probably my dark horse in the lightweight division. We got my guy, Damir uh making his return after an extended layoff. I believe he had a bunch of injuries and all that type of stuff, but I'm excited to break it down for you guys no matter what let's see what the chat is saying first and foremost and then we'll get into the uh, breakdowns for you guys um a little bit delayed obviously uh, normally i do this at 8 PM on tuesdays i've uh, been running around a lot today too uh the pre-recorded podcast so i didn't drop one last week i will be dropping one tomorrow uh again this is uh, for for this stream specifically i like to keep it a little bit more brief just so i give my take see what the chat is saying and then get on to the next fight my pre-record podcast that i dropped for it is a little bit more fleshed out a little bit more detail a little bit longer too so if you guys want a little bit more information that's a podcast you guys want to check out but uh as of right now the, the live show i love doing the live show for you guys uh it's been a hit since i started it uh and we'll see how we do at this 10 p.m slot again it's always going to be 8 p.m moving forward but today just just need to push it back a couple hours due to a couple things Um, I will say one sorry one thing I just wanted to check out Um, give me one second guys sorry Uh, I'll hop into the chat real quick to see what everybody's saying all right let us see what the chat is saying today sorry Rich, one two three saying why so late this time yeah just had a lot of shit to, to do today uh, again if you guys remember i got my new car on friday um, and today, I just went to go get oil change, new tires, all that type of shit. Had a lot of running around to do, drop off the wife, pick up the wife. And I just wouldn't be able to have my research finished in time to uh, go live for you guys. So I just need an extra two hours. And thankfully, it's it's done more than enough for me. So I'm really looking forward to dropping it for you guys. Uh, Josh Van, interested in a short recap I got bent over last Saturday. You know, we always do recaps here. Again, I don't really do a prediction recap because more so I, I focus on betting. I'm not expecting to have a crazy prediction record. But I'm expecting to uh, have a decent betting record And uh, we ended up in the money last weekend So I'll obviously go over that for you guys Um, Brian T, six minutes before the start of the show And already won Just Like what tool would waste the time doing that Got some haters, my guy There's always going to be haters Especially when you get to this pedestal When you get to this level And again, I'm not trying to like pat myself on the back Or jerk myself off for you guys or anything like that But again, it's bound to happen Not surprised Let's just put it that way dps everyone got bent that's what a night of less than minus 200 fights will do to you exactly told you this is not a this is not a card to go out there and uh and parlay and and that's that's exactly what happened a lot of people got fucked um sean o'brien saying eight of twelve on saturday and still came out a loss because the big bucks were on burgos and Grundy. yeah man i think overall i was four and eight four wins eight losses in terms of predictions crazy crazy fights though Kung Dao chicken saying probably Parley King is the one just like yeah, I, yeah, I'm not even gonna say anything about that guy. MMA Savant is saying Grundy seemed like such a logical pick. I was surprised that the takedowns weren't more for him. Yeah. Venata's showing off, right? Like a lot of people are kind of counting him out. And I think he took that uh that that move down to 145 pounds super seriously. The guy looked in great shape. Cardi looked good. Hats off to him. <laughs> Rami saying, where you at kid oiling up the beard. I actually did not get to get the the oil going for my, for the beard today. So uh hopefully it, it still looks as magnificent as most people make it out to be. SKD in the chat. What's going on, my brother? Um Sean O'Brien. I knew Grundy was nothing special, but expected Venata to be washed. He looked really good. Yeah. he's turning back the clock a little bit. So shout out to uh to Mr. Lando Venata. My guy MMA Kappa saying what up lock cop the tape and Xella fucking with it as I taped uh, main event Silva Rodriguez fast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, luckily, so next weekend we actually have off from UFC. So I intend on using that time very, very meticulously, and especially with getting ahead with the tape and X. That's one thing that I prided myself on before was having the tape decks in the, uh pretty much updated for every single fight that was announced at this point in time. And that's where I want to get back to. Um, Again, since we've changed the format of it with the ESPN plus links, it's kind of slowed down things since I've had to change coding and then do a bunch of shit like that. But uh, yeah, next weekend off is amazing for me to get ahead uh, on a bunch of different shit. So really looking forward to that. SKD saying, am I wrong for loving her medicine in this book and considering hammering it? I will get to that very shortly, dude. My <laughs> guy an article cop in the chat. What's going on, buddy? um uh, d brown saying oh uh, yeah olivera came through man he came through heavy uh cowboy fight picks what's up man pretty hope you're well hope you're well too my brother i appreciate you stopping by Kung Dao chicken saying last week's lock the night was money chukagian arujo fight goes to decision chandler olivera fight doesn't go to decision although chukagian was close to tapping in that first round yeah that was a that was a close submission if i i'm trying to remember what she was actually in but yeah happy happy to hit that but uh the main lock that i play was the under two and a half of the main event and that definitely hit um cowboy fight picks yeah, i need uh, advice for small ufc prediction t- channels just stay consistent stay consistent stay consistent stay consistent be reliable um put out stuff that you are proud to put out don't just put out something that everybody's putting out try to make yourself a little bit different predictions are always going to be predictions but try to make your show in a way that uh, is going to stand out from the others UCF Rob, what's up? You get the Audi. I did get the Audi. I did get the Audi. It looks fucking hella fly. (laughs) Uh, Nicholas West in the chat. That's my guy right there. What's good, brother? Ready for a Savage Saturday? I'm really looking forward to that, my guy. Luke Fulton, what's up, Lock? I hit that cashwara prop at uh, 6.45. Thanks to you mentioning it for sure, man. I thought that was a no-brainer, even if you're picking Gina Mazzini to win, which I was. Uh, but we knew that the win condition for cashwara would be that knockout, and she came through with that. I wish that I actually bet it though. <laughs> Ken Noah's beard is definitely magnificent. How many years do you have to invest into that beast? It's not, it doesn't take long, dude. It does not take long for me. I try I'm trying to remember the last time I like trimmed it, trimmed it where I was like almost skin um it's been a while but i yeah it doesn't take that long when you have indian jeans, it doesn't take that long rummy is just saying i'm just glad we don't have to prop up with zany anymore exactly that was crazy my guy dan is saying yes but is a lock not sure if i agree with you but we will uh hop into that very very shortly uh dimitris bed Again, always going to butcher that. Uh, I was four and five, but my losses were Chandler KO, Vivi decision, Oliveira sub, Soriana KO, and Lee decision. Now I'm out of those losses. Uh, all were plus money, almost all happened. Yeah, the Lee decision was an intriguing one, right? Because she pulled off the submission there. Very surprised. Uh, SKD, what model, Audi? I used to have an A4. I loved it. I have an A5, S line A5. Very, very beautiful. Justin Villegas, MMA Lachlan, I use bear, beard oil. My shake get like 10 swirl tangles. Starts looking like Gimpy <laughs> Gimli, Lord of the Rings. Not feeling beard oil, just waste, maybe beard oil and shower once a week. Yes, I know. Unrelevant. No, I, I I try to throw it on anytime I go out or before I do a stream or something like that. It just gives it that nice glisten. I don't know what it is. Uh the cowboy five picks, thanks for the advice, man. I'm releasing petitions on Sunday tough, getting it up and running again, just stay consistent, and then you'll get into that routine. And it's gonna get easier. Trust me. I've been doing this shit for close to four years in terms of podcasting, maybe two and a half years now. But uh, it's awesome. (laughs) Sun Tzu, my guy (laughs) driving now to you with that beer, how are you not getting modeling work? It's just a matter of time. I've only had the car for like three days. Give me a minute. All right. Let's uh, not waste too much more time. Let me get my slideshow going for you guys, making it look nice and pretty as usual for you guys. And as we always do, the first thing that we're going to be going over is how we did on the last event. Let me just pull up my screen. Don't share the audio. And there we go. All right. So. Last week in UFC 262, again, you guys know my Lock of the Night style. It's just very low volume for official bets. I do give out on the Patreon. I do give out my close to betting spots where I throw like untracked plays on there and and stuff that I was close to betting if I were going to be slinging out some more official units or anything like that. But safe and efficient method as always uh, I wish I went the full five units on the under two and a half for the lock of the night play but I was burned the week before by the under two and a half in the Kyle Daukis and Phil Haas fight and uh, I felt a little PTSD I won't lie I, I was a little bit skeptical about it even some people on my patreon were like oh we're going with totals again I'm like guys it's Charles Oliver you got it you got to go with the under obviously last time around it didn't cash because he took Tony Ferguson to a decision but with that said uh i was still happy to take the under two and a half year not many spots i felt super confident about right like again i only went four and eight on on fucking predictions overall my my next safest play or my next two safest plays that i had in mind were shane burgos who obviously got knocked the fuck out and then gina mazzini who also got knocked the fuck out so um I, I credit my patience in terms of waiting to pull the trigger on the spot that i felt most confident about and ultimately ended up being the under two and a half in Oliver and Oliver Chandler fight. So I would have won. I, I all in all, I cashed out about 1500 bucks in um, in official and unofficial bets. And if Michael Chandler had actually secured that first round knockout, it would have been closer to four thousand dollars, and that would have been way better, but I'll still take a nice profit of fifteen hundred bucks. And then obviously the dog of the night play, uh, um, Michael Chandler, 1.25 units. That misses that plus one oh five. Shout out to Charles Oliver. I'll stop talking about how this guy can break and blah blah blah. Like the guy is definitely over that hill. Chandler did push him. Chandler got him into an uncomfortable position. Um, was close to finishing him. Charles Oliver comes back and uh, eventually finishes Mike Chandler quickly after that, uh, starting in the second round. So again uh, all credit to charles olivera i'll stop talking shit about him will i bet against him in the future again maybe depending on the line and depending on the opponent but the one thing i'll always be looking forward to is hitting that under as long as it's two and a half i'd always like three and a half but charles olivera fights i'd be surprised if we get anything um if we get anything um uh, more or better than two and a half when we uh, go over that so again all, all in all We slightly bounced back from the miserable weekend we had the week before. Again, Bellator 258 and uh, UFC uh, Vegas 26, I believe it was. Uh, Shit show all around. The only glimmering part of that weekend was hitting Neil Magny. so this weekend we come back and, and chip away at that loss that we had from last weekend. So plus 1.17 units. Uh, I wish it was more, but again, slow and steady wins the race. And that's exactly the approach that we're going to be taking here. It's just a matter of time before we hit that 9, 10, 11 event winning streak once again. It was bound to happen. I'm glad it happened ASAP, and now I can get back to it and hopefully start putting together another run for you guys because that's definitely something that a lot of people are looking forward to. All right, let's see what the chat is saying, and then I will continue on with the breakdowns that we got. Uh, bore brush for the beards, gents. Yeah, that's that's the way to do it. My my guy Rummy knows what's, knows what's good. Uh, Joe is in the house. He's definitely in the house. Cowboy fight picks. I wouldn't bet Gino with the 10-foot pole that came prop for. Priscilla was alive, though. Yeah, for sure uh ken uh thanks for sharing your wins and losses and dollar amounts i enjoy listening to you because i know for a fact you're wagering real money every week no bragging about 20 dollar wins over here uh over there yeah transparency guys this is like the the sleaziest industry you could be a part of outside of hookers and shit. uh gambling is obviously something that can be take. Uh, a lot of people can take other people uh advantage of and i want to be as transparent as possible i drop my bet slips i share everything with you guys as much as possible i know i'm not the best out there in terms of racking up all these fucking hundreds and two hundreds of units but i know that uh, i can guarantee you guys will always get transparency and honesty for me and uh yeah Close to 400 people on the Patreon, trust me, for doing that. Actually, not close. To, we are over 400 Patreon members. So shout out to the Patreon members. I didn't even plug the Patreon. Again, I am slacking in regards to the uh, drop in the early breakdowns for you guys on the Patreon gotta get my ass on that again uh again last week i didn't do a pre-recorded one because i didn't do any of them i only did my live show so that's something that i got to get back on but uh yeah shout out to the patreon members again we hit that 400 milestone last week 500 is up next but we got to get that streak going once again and start getting these dubs and uh this past week was obviously a very good spot so once again shout out to the patreon members that are on there i will get off my butt and stop making up excuses again they're not excuses legitimate reasoning as to why i haven't been as active in terms of dropping the early breakdowns but um yeah that's that's got to be taken care of but everything else still delivered as normal best bets and props article coming out for you guys tomorrow uh we'll do some bellator as well i don't think i'll do pre-recorded uh breakdowns for bellator for bellator i'll probably just do uh the live stream on the day of the fight morning of the fight i'll probably do it maybe thursday night we'll see what happens thursday night I is usually propping you up. I don't want to do you know, uh back-to-back streams that day, especially with how much people love um the propping you up show. So I want to give as much energy on that show as possible. But yeah, shout out to the Patreon members. Link is in the description below if you guys want to join up on there. Again, it's just not for picks, it's not just for picks. It's to support your boy doing the uh the content creation, uh, and then a couple other perks there, including a great Discord community, which has really been popping lately. Had a couple had a troll in there uh for, for a couple days and gave him all the chances possible, but eventually gave him the boot. Uh but yeah, every, everybody's positive, super awesome group there. So shout out to anybody that's watching the stream right now. That's on the Patreon and that's on the Discord channel as well. All right. Let me shut up about the Discord and uh yeah, my guy Ken Knowles just got me on a little bit of a tangent here in terms of sharing my wins and losses. We need to see more of that. We need to see more of that. Justin Villa Gas, got cooked. Damn, my money told me it was craving for them, but uh, got disappointed. They got tossed in the trash. Yeah, Toro. Very, very bad uh, weekend for a lot of people this past week. Big Bird, PH, Isma Gulov, Silva, B, Parley of the Week. I don't mind that. I do not mind that at all. Dan saying, let's go with Isma and Kulabau for the lock of the night. I don't mind that either. Charles Oliver coming through with the under two and a half. I love it. Shout out to my guy, pay-per-view, uh, Dizzle. All right, let's move into the breakdowns now. Let's not waste too much more time here. First and foremost, we got Rafael Alves going up against Demir Izmagulov. Uh, if you guys remember, Alves, he was scheduled to fight a couple weeks ago. Uh, I don't recall his opponent. Uh, Let me see if I can just pull that up real quick. But uh, he was supposed to fight somebody and came in hella overweight. I believe he missed by 11 pounds, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And that was not a good look, especially coming in uh, from the contender series where he looked like a solid fighter. Uh, Yeah, he was scheduled to fight uh, Mike Trezano. Trezano pulls out. Pat Sabatini jumps in. And then um, Alves missed weight as bad as he did. And they did not clear that fight at all. That was February 20th. So we're talking just over three months later, he steps back into the cage now. And hopefully he can step onto the skill, make the weight, it's going to be the same weight um, that he fought at last time. And I think it's uh, I, I, I believe it's the same weight. But regardless, uh, he needs to make the way here against Demir Ismagulov, who uh, who has been outside of the cage a lot uh, for a long time himself. You know what I mean, we're talking about Ismagulov. The last time we saw him was August of 2019. Coming up close to that two-year mark uh, since he had beaten Thiago Moises, and obviously that win looks really good in hindsight now, considering that Thiago Moises is on a bit of a run, including his big win over Alexander Hernandez last time, and now he's scheduled to fight uh, Mr. Islam Uh So good win for Demir Ismagulov back then. 22 and one record a Kazakh fighter um, has a lot of solid skills about him but mainly being his striking is like next level most of his wins are coming by decision as of late but the guy is just a very good technician when it comes to the striking realm he goes out there puts together great combinations but doesn't overextend too much in terms of risking it to go out there and try to get a finish of any sort and you know i get why people aren't as high on him considering that you know why isn't he going out there and getting finishes and why doesn't he you know he should have finished that guy alex georgies who he fought in his ufc debut as a minus 550 favorite but it's a style right there, there's a lot of uh, ramazan ameev is another guy that like uh, i i feel like is magulov has a way higher ceiling than ameev but like they just fight super safe they just want to get the dub they want to continue to build that streak and you know, Ismagulov twenty-two and one. That's a very impressive record. His his only loss was uh, way back in two thousand and fifteen. Uh, he lost a the decision there. And then since then has put together a tremendous streak where he's been able to turn away guys, a couple KO finishes on the regional scene, but obviously when he's been fighting uh, guys, you know, in the UFC or even uh, later into his M1 career, he's going to a decision with them because he's just so clean and crisp with the strikes, and that's where I truly think uh, is going to be his best path to victory here against Rafael Alves. Alves big throws big heat in his strikes uh he could potentially be live for a first round ko if demir isn't really on his game considering he's been off for as long as he has but i do think that Esmagulov is just i, I don't feel like he's the fighter that the two-year layoff would truly affect to that extent to lose to a guy like hafi now Alves black belt in jiu-jitsu but we don't really see too much of it right i don't think he has the greatest top pressure even off of his back i don't think he's that great um and I also believe that the guy has a little bit of cardio issues. And again, if he's battling against the scales, it's not going to look that great, especially when he's starting to gas against the guy in Demir Izmagulov who's just going to be outpointing him over the 50-minute mark. This could potentially be a, a decent third-round spot again for Ismagulov, who might be able to have – well, not might be. He will definitely have the much better cardio. And I think that's going to come into play here against Alves who will slow down in that third round. So I, I might take a little bit of a sprinkle – on Isma Gulov to win in round three. Let's see what that's sitting at right now. Again, not much of a finisher, but given the cardio issues of Mr. Uh, Alves, I don't see it as a bad spot. Ah, plus 800. I wish we were getting better than that. Again, if if Ismagulov was more of a notorious finisher, I, I I wouldn't mind the plus 800, but I want like plus four figures uh, for a third round finish for a guy like Demir Isma Gulov, who just hasn't been finishing anybody as of late. So in terms of a prediction, you guys, can obviously figure it out. I think Damira's Magulov goes out there keeps his fight on the feet. As I believe Alvez will probably want to take it to the ground and kind of get his jiu-jitsu game going. But I think his Magulov has good enough takedown defense that he'll keep this fight on the feet and absolutely outstrike Alvez over 15 minutes. There's a reason he's managed 550, and even after a two-year layoff, I think that's accurate. Probably even deserves to be higher, to be honest. So uh, yeah, I like Ismagulov. If five fifty is too much for you, obviously you can go out there and parlay him, uh, or uh, Ismagulov to win by decision is at minus one twenty five, and I think that's quite accurate. So once again, I'll go with Ismagulov to win by decision. Let's see what the chat is saying in here. Chris White, shout out to my guy Chris White. No clue who Alvis and Ismagulov are. You should know who Ismagulov is, obviously. Not right now because he's been out of the UFC for close to two years, but I promise in a couple of years You'll know exactly who he is. He's 30 years old. So he's got to get it going right now But uh, definitely the dark horse in the 155 pound division My guy Jamwin jam gong Sing, could consider going live earlier. It's 3 a.m. in uh, Europe. Yeah, I Apologize normally it's 8 p.m. Eastern that I go live which is 1 a.m. for you guys uh, But today I had to push it back a little bit. So I apologize. Yes, Alex Weber. thank you for clarifying that for me. I don't know why I thought it was at 155. You were right. It was at 145 right there with you, right there with you. He weighed in at 156 or 157 last time around. Um, Justin Villegas, lock of the night, lock of the week, Damir Ismagulov. I will never tip a fighter that's minus 550 straight, never. Roy S. saying 4 30 a.m. in Amsterdam. You guys are absolute savages staying up as late as uh, I did. uh like him by decision, minus 120. I don't mind that. He weighed in at 157, 12 pounds over. Technically 11 pounds over. Again, they usually give them a one pound allowance for non title fights. uh But we'll see. Very tough fight for him to get back to. Big Bird, PH. So where, where has Demir uh, been for the last two years? I believe he had an injury he was doing with. Um, I'm not mistaken I just want to confirm that I believe he did have an injury yeah it's not coming up if I'm not mistaken he may have actually had a car accident as well um but I will confirm that you know what give me a second I will confirm exactly that for you guys you may, or may not have been speaking to somebody that knows him very, very well. (laughs) Give me a second, guys. Um, Yeah, Demir has just been injured. No. um, No exact reasoning as to why Cowboys got Demir by decision. I'm right there with you. Rufias. saying Demir is more of a point fighter. I agree. Kyle Gomez saying I was making my DFS mix but I remember to like the video. Thank you, brother. <laughs> that truly really helps. Uh, Big Bird PH, got to go with Demir. Seem, seems like the more well-rounded fighter. Alves might be decent in round one. Alves slows down in his fights. Might lead to a finish. I don't know if you'll get the finish. That's my that's my issue. Arlen Nam uh, sprinkling Alves KO. He throws a lot of spinning explosive stuff. True. Again, it, it's possible. Alves KO is not too bad considering the number you're probably going to get. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. We got up a uh, Yancey Madaro, Yancy Maderos versus Demir uh, Hadzovic. The funny thing is Demir Hadzovic and um, Yancy Madero, or sorry, Demir Hadzovic and Demir Ismagulov have fought on the same card before. So it's uh, weird that both Demirs are coming back on the same card here. But regardless, uh, Hadzovic, obviously minus 115 here, minus 105 on Yancey. Yancey's a weird one, right? Yancey's one of those guys that like, like, he went on that three-fight winning streak capped off by the Eric Silva and uh, uh, Cowboy Oliveira wins uh, a couple years ago, and then it vaulted him into a main event slot against Donnie Cowboy Sorni, he gets knocked out in that fight. Not to mention, he came in as a minus-120 favorite. I've never really been that high on Yancey. I'm not 100% sure where that love came from to make him such a, you know, even the favorite against a guy like Cowboy Sorni at that fight. Um... Well, in the Olivera fight, that was an interesting one because I actually had Oliver as one of my lock that I plays. I believe I had parlayed him or I got him at a better line than that minus 390 line. But he was having a, a lot of success against Yancey Medeiros early. Almost finished him a couple times. And then Yancy busted up the nose of Oliver absolutely smashed it. And um uh And then the cardio of Oliveira just went down the drain. You saw Oliveira start to huff and puff a little bit more, and uh, that's when Yancy Medeiros was able to take over and absolutely finished him in that third round via TKO. So that one was a uh, very demoralizing, especially as, as somebody that was fading Yancy at chalk. There, as I thought, it was a great, perf- or a great stylistic matchup for Cowboy Oliveira, which is why I'll always call him the wild card of MMA at this point. And then he goes on a three-fight losing streak, right? Let's cut him some slack for the cowboy fight. Let's cut him a little bit more slack for the Gregor Gillespie fight, especially considering he was going in as a plus 375 favorite for that fight. And then Lando Venata, a very underwhelming performance uh, for for both guys, to be honest. I thought Venata did a good enough job to win that fight. But still, I I didn't rate either guy very highly uh, off of those fights. Yanks but just doesn't stay active enough. That's another issue that I have with him in terms of being in the cage, getting that cage time. I know he's been a veteran for as long as he has inside the UFC, but to not have fought for as long as he has. uh, I'm just confirming that number right now, Uh, February of 2020. So, you know, what is that Uh, 15 months ago? uh, We saw him inside the cage. Uh, maybe he's just chilling out and enjoying that Hawaii weather. Sometimes he's out there with the, the Stockton guys, with the Diaz brothers, training with them too. With Madera, so you know you're gonna get decent jujitsu, uh, decent boxing. I don't know. I'm not really sold on his power per se. I think he's a very hittable opponent, and I think that's where Demir Hadzovic is gonna have the, uh, the the advantage here. That I think the Hadzovic is a slightly better striker, and obviously has a mo- more power in his hands. The issue here, though, is if Yancy Madera decides to drag this fight to the ground and try to get his jujitsu going against. Demir Damir Hadzovic, who's had issues against guys that take that type of approach, right? Christos Iagos was successful in it. And that's wraps him up in his submission relatively quickly. Alan Patrick, right? Patrick is a guy we know out there is quite one-dimensional. doesn't really have the greatest striking. does enough to close the distance, drag the fight to the ground, and then grind these guys out. And it worked out. Does Yancey Medeiros have that type of wrestling? Does Yancey Medeiros have that type of top pressure to actually grind these guys out or grind a guy out like Hadzovic? I don't think so. That That's why lean Hadzovic here. And another thing that kind of surprises me about Janssen Majoros is he's only 33 years old. That's kind of uh, weird for me. I, I don't know what it is. I was expecting him to be up in the 35, 36, 37 range at this point. But uh, he's been around the, the UFC quietly for, for a long time now, right? Let's see. Uh, when did he actually make his UFC debut? So he's a, a Strike Force product that came over with Strike Force. Made his UFC debut in uh, April of 2013. You know, it goes on a, a. What is that? Um, loses to Hobilov, hand injury. Then goes to a no contest with Eve Edwards. I don't recall what exactly happened uh, that night. Uh, and then loses to Jim Miller next. Goes on a 2 5 winning streak and then just trades uh, uh, wins and losses back and forth. But in terms of his style, I just don't think it's that great uh, matched up here against Amir Hadzevich. So. The slight lean is on Hadzovic. I think he's going to land the better strikes. I think he lands the better combinations. And I think he could potentially even knock out Jansen Maduro's here. I'm not 100% sure. I will ultimately go with Hadzovic to win by decision. But uh, what's, what's the Hadzovic KO prop? Plus 425 on Hadzovic by KO. Not bad. Hadzovic by decision is plus 265. So if you have one of those websites that do double chance, I wouldn't mind taking the KO slash decision for Hadzovic as you should get a good line for that. But uh, yeah, Hadzovic by knockout, I think is going to be the way that I end up going. Hadzovic by first round knockout plus 800. I think that's a wild line. I, th- I think that's worth a little bit of a sprinkle as I do think he has the power to go out there and put it on Yancey and take him out pretty quickly. All right, let's see what the chat's saying. And then we can keep the train moving along. Kung Dao Chicken saying, stay away from the Medeiros fight. I don't blame you, my guy. (laughs) I don't blame you. Uh, Matt Hudson, Demir, we go again. (laughs) That's why I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Arlen both these guys are disappointments. Yeah, to a certain extent. Dan, easiest fight Yancey has had in years. He'll get this one. I I wouldn't say that, man. Again, Demir, kind of one-dimensional. Medeiros has to get his jiu-jitsu going if he wants to win this fight, in my opinion. I, I still lean Demir, man. As a crusader, if Yancy even somewhat got his act together, he'll win this one. Yeah, good point. Revis got got uh, Yancey by decision. This might be his last fight in the UFC, though. Possibly, yeah. He could definitely get cut with the loss here. Nikolaus West saying, there's no damn way I'm risking any of my hard-earned role on either of these two fighters. I'm right there with you. Levi Whiteboy reminding us that Yancey training with Holloway. Yeah, it, it helps to a certain extent. And uh, I do think that Hadfield will still end up getting his hand raised here. All right, let's move to the next fight we got uh joshua koulibau versus Yilan shah uh minus 250 big big price tag on joshua koulibau who normally is the guy that has the big plus money beside his name right you got uh minus 450 on charles Jordan last time he fought minus 240 on Jalen Turner when he had fought him in his UFC debut now he comes in as the heavy heavy favorite here and I think that has in part to do with the performance that he put on against Charles Jourdain right rocked him dropped him a couple times had a lot of success there's reason that fight went to a draw very very close fight not to mention the fact that again Jourdain minus 450 favorite in that fight and did not complete like it at all even in the Marcelo Hojo fight for uh or rojo fight for jordan did not compete uh to the level that i thought he did uh, again he ends up getting the the dub by getting the finish so good for him there but uh again he keeps getting these high chalky lines and i don't think he's deserving of it uh but with joshua Kulibao here uh, i think this is a, a good stylistic matchup for him elon decent striking wide stance uh has some decent ground and pound has some good uh, movement uh but the, the the question mark with these Chinese fighters always is level of competition the only name that i really um recognized was uh, his last loss against Zhu Rong, who we saw last time go out there and lose to Mr. Uh, Mr. Rodrigo Vargas, or Rodrigo Vargas, I should say, the guy's Mexican, not Brazilian. Uh, and that was very underwhelming, right? Zhu Rong comes in as a minus 250 favorite into that fight, and ends up losing that fight. Elon Shah here, again, I don't think he has a style to go out there and compete with a very tough nose and a hard or I should say tough and hard nose fighter like Joshua Kouliba and I think that's going to end up being his detriment here as I do think that Kouliba will go out there land the better strikes mix in a couple of takedowns if he needs to and just win you know pretty much throughout I think that Kouliba could actually even knock him out Um, again, I need to see a little bit more from Kulibao. I was impressed with this fight against Charles Jordan. Again, very close fight. Probably could have made the case that he ended up winning that fight too. But, uh, these Chinese fighters coming over and making their debuts, coming over from the UFC Shanghai Performance Institute and all those types of guys, they're not really panning out. Again, uh, China went 0 4 at UFC 261. They're, they're trying to prop all these guys up, giving them decent matchups and favorable matchups, and they just don't end up getting the win. So uh, I think it's another case of that here. Obviously, they're not matching him up well considering what the odds are here, but I do think that Koulibau should win. Would I play him at minus 250? Probably not. This this fight's a pass for me, but I'll take Koulibau. And uh, I, I might I might tinker with that uh, KO prop. Let's see what the KO prop's looking like for us. Uh, Koulibau by KO plus 350. Wish we we're getting slightly a slightly better line there. Let's see what the chat is saying here. Sorry, Chio. I missed the first one. You got Demir. Yes. Yes, I got Demir. Yeah, I'm gonna go Kulibao KO uh, as my official prediction for this fight. Um All right, let's move on to the next fight here. We got Bruno Silva versus um, Victor Rodriguez. Uh, If you guys remember, Rodriguez came in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, on short notice against uh, Adrian Yanez. uh, Gets knocked knocked the fuck out in a couple of minutes in that fight. Uh, But there's a reason that Yanez was a minus 525 favorite going into that fight. Again, completely outmatched, just as I believe he's outmatched here in this fight against Bruno Silva afc product alaska fc you guys know i like to rag on those guys a little bit maybe i'm a little too hard on them at times especially with Urosh medic medic seems to be panning out to be a solid fighter again he's training or he moved his camp down to um he moved his camp down to uh uh king's mma and i think that's definitely helping him out in terms of rounding out his game and really getting things going which is why he was uh you know successful in that fight uh R- mr victor rodriguez though i'm having a hard time in terms of finding out if he's made any changes the guy uh per or made his uh ig private so you can't really see where he's been training at but i'm gonna assume that he's still up there in alaska i'm not sure that he's gonna have made the changes to come down to uh you know to to, to the continental usa and actually go out there and uh you know train with the solid team but even if he did i think he's still gonna run into trouble here with bruno Silva. who you know very good fighter trains out there with a uh, fight ready i believe uh you know one of Sujudo's main training partners um you know uh santino defranco one of his uh main corner uh head corner guys as well very very solid coach one guy that i highly highly respect in the game and, and this is a great matchup for bruno silva right the under two and a half is at uh minus 145 and i think that's a steal if you guys uh want to take bruno silva inside the distance i saw it was roughly at plus 125 when it dropped obviously everybody's banging on the uh the opener there so it's probably been juiced to shit now uh let's see silva inside the distance minus 115. i wouldn't even be surprised if it goes up to like minus 145 minus 150 by fight time because i think that this is a great matchup for silva again i don't rate rodriguez that much I'd say fade him while you still can, even if that's a, if that's a chalk. I think Bruno Silva is very parlayable here, or even take him to win inside the distance. Or again, if you don't have access to the inside the distance line, the under two and a half at minus one forty five, minus one sixty is pretty much like playing Bruno Silva straight here, as I do think that Silva ends up finishing him. We saw Silva last time around there go out there uh, and fight against uh, J.P. Bays in a very high volume fight, uh, you know, back and forth first round, and then eventually in that second round, J.P. starts to slow down a little bit. Bruno Silva takes advantage and then knocks him out beautiful beautiful finish from there but the fight that really got me to notice bruno Silva was the uh to bekov fight that's a fight where i did the cheap thing and i and or the square thing if you want to call it and i parlayed bekov that night with somebody else cash that bet and if i'm not mistaken um i still think that uh that the second fight was a close fight too which ended up catching that parlay um but Bruno Silva did a really good job in terms of stuffing takedowns, limiting the amount of control time from Tagir. Because Tagir, you know, he if you guys watched his regional footage, he was a guy that really was highly reliant on getting takedowns top control, threatening with submissions, staying on top, landing some good ground and pound. And Bruno Silva was having none of that. You know, Bruno was doing a good job of stuffing those uh, and uh, doing some good damage of his own. And once we got to the judges' scorecards, I was like, ooh, this one's going to be tough. This one, uh, it's going to be hairy. And I think that Bruno Silva deserved to get his hand raised. Luckily for Ulenbakov, uh, he gets his hand raised. And uh, Silva ends up taking an elder. Luckily for Silva, he ends up coming back and gets the, uh, the win over uh, J.P. Bays to kind of save his job. I just wanted to pull up the uh, MMA decisions here for uh, Ulenbekov versus Silva because I do remember it being very hairy. Wow, there's way more scorecards for Ulenbekov than I thought for the media. <laughs> I swear that fight was super close. In terms of fan scoring on MMA decisions, 34 uh fan votes. We had uh, a 65% uh, 10-9 for Silva round one and 65% 10-9 Silva round three. So is what it is very very close fight regardless i got bruno Silva winning this fight any which way he wants whether it's a um a submission whether it's a knockout victor rodriguez has some decent power in his hands and that's something that uh you know that that we need to actually admit is, is a threat it absolutely is a threat but i do think that uh we've seen bruno Silva go out there and fight much heavier punchers, much more technical punchers and uh kind of survive to tell the tale and i expect him to do the same thing here but Absolutely demolish Victor Rodriguez. So I'm going Bruno Silva, uh, and I'm going with him by finish, probably first or second round. Let's see what the the round props are for Silva. Uh, Silva round one plus 250. Silva round two plus 400. I think it happens in one of those two rounds. But I got Bruno Silva to demolish this kid. All right, let's see what the chat be saying. Daniel K, so we should take this one easy. Take down Victor. Yeah, I agree. MMA Kappa, Bruno, Silva, Villa, whatever he wants. Hopefully inside the distance. I agree. Uh, Narco Cop, fight doesn't go to decision. Minus 140 is a bargain. Yeah. Uh, Narco Cop, Silva inside the distance, plus 125. That has definitely gotten steamed by everybody who noticed that. Uh, but yeah, I still think it has some value where it's sitting at. I think it adds value up to like minus 150, minus 200. I think he finishes them pretty much every time they fight each other. Um, yeah, I, I do not think that highly of Victor Rodriguez. And this is a very good spot for him to go out there and get that win. MMA Kappa, Victor's first time at 125 as well. Potential gas tank issues. Uh, V-Rod, reckless from the tape I saw. Yeah, he not the greatest technical striker. Again, he's just fighting these, again, I, I hate calling them, but these bums on the Alaska regional scene and makes a name for himself there and eventually comes over to the UFC. Um, TJ Kill, that Tagir fight way closer than the scorecards when I remember I had Silva as a big dog. Yeah, I, I thought that was uh, a Silva fight. Darcy vader I suppose, is going to get cut and have to bend the knee to keep his job if you know what i mean <laughs> aj's bets in the chat what's going on my brother all right let's move on to the next fight here we got court mcgee going up against claudio silva now look at that rough stretch for mr court mcgee one in four in his last five fights um respectable losses to some of those guys right Sean Strickland goes out there, outpoints him over 15 minutes, gets the win there. Beats Alex Garcia as a very big dog, and Alex Garcia, if I'm not mistaken, ended up getting his walking papers after that fight, um, but good one for Court McGee there. And then he goes out there and just shits the bed. You know, Diego Lima shows hella improved takedown defense in that fight and just pieces up Court McGee, ends up getting the win in that fight via decision. Sean Brady. You know, solid performance from Court McGee. We may, we saw Sean Brady work as hard as he's ever worked uh, in any of his uh, UFC fights. That was the fight. You know, a lot of people thought Sean Brady had poor cardio. You know, Court McGee was making that fight a little bit closer than it should have been. So decent performance from Court McGee there, even in a loss. But up against a, um, an up-and-comer like uh, Sean Brady, I'm not too mad at it. And then the, the Carlos Condit fight, that one was the one that kind of mystified me the most. Because if I'm not mistaken, we didn't even get one takedown attempt from Court McGee in that fight. Let me let me clarify that, though, uh, without talking out of my ass. I know he doesn't, didn't even complete one takedown. Yeah, didn't even attempt a takedown either. And if anybody was betting Court McGee that night, I'm sure you were pulling out your hair. I was close to actually making Court McGee like a lock of the night play that night because I thought the line was great and I thought all he needed was you know, one takedown a round or one takedown in two rounds to go out there and beat Carlos Condit. But Condit came back, you know, springs these small upset as a plus one ton favorite uh, and pretty much just outstrikes Court McGee over uh, that 50-minute period and gets that decision victory. But, you know, McGee seemed like he was slowing down a little bit. 36 years old. Seems like he's at the end of his rope going up against a 38 year old Claudio Silva, who's 14 and two, which is crazy, right? He was on a crazy run, just never stayed active enough. Uh, and then he finally gets his uh, gets the loss to James Cross last time out. That was a fight where I was on James, James Cross. I thought that was a great stylistic matchup, considering that the 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 way that Claudio Silva more often than not uh, seems to fade in his fights, and I thought that if James Cross was able to get out of that first round, he would be able to have as much fun as he wanted in terms of uh, you know being successful uh, with that pitter patter game that he has from the outside and land some good strikes from there. Now, tough fight for me to call, right? Uh, on one side, I like fading the the gas tank of Claudio Silva uh, against specific opponents, but then on the other side, you know. There's Court McGee who just doesn't look anywhere close to what we used to know of him. You know, the guy that would go out there and get takedowns, get some good control time, kind of push you up against the cage and really mess you up that way. Um, but, man, it, it's tough. Ugh, I don't know which way to lean here. Uh, I, I've been thinking about it for the last couple of days, and I still don't really have a, a fleshed-out lean. I'll... Uh, I'll go with McGee, Soft, you know, midweek lean here. I'll go with Cor I really can't make up my mind about this fight. I think he should go out there and kind of just outwork Claudio Silva. Uh, I think he does a good enough job in terms of nullifying the amount of damage and takedowns uh, uh, that are coming his way. Uh, does a good job in terms of nullifying control time as well. Claudio Silva is just another level, you know, black belt in jiu-jitsu compared to what Cormier has faced over the last couple of fights. So maybe Claudio's a little bit more successful in terms of dragging this fight to the ground and getting his submission going. But when's the last time we actually saw Cormier lose by submission? I don't think we have. He he won by submission twice in his first two fights in the UFC. But in terms of his full-out career, let me just confirm this number, but I don't think we've ever seen Court McGee subbed. Yeah. Never been subbed in his career. So has he fought anybody to the level of Claudio Silva in terms of jiu-jitsu? Sean Brady, solid jujitsu player, but that was his first friend in the UFC. I'll give him a pass there. Sean Strickland, brown belt, obviously not the level of Claudio Silva. Ben Saunders in 2017. it's ben saunders in 2017 you know um and then yeah a- any other fighters don't really come close to what claudio silver brings to the table in terms of the jiu-jitsu room all i'll say is i think this is a stay away fight i know some people are big on court mcgee in this spot concerning claudio Silva's poor gas tank but there's a reason he was only plus 100 to james kraus i mean there's a reason he was minus 150 against danny roberts there's there's performances and uh, stylistic approaches uh and, and and matchups that make him a very favorable uh fighter in certain times but court mcgee does a good job in terms of nullifying the damage that's coming his way ah i'll go Court mcgee i think he ends up staying away from the takedowns and uh just picks apart claudio silva on the feet and then uh claudio just gases out maybe court mcgee third round finishes is, is something that people want to look at uh let me pull up what that number e is mcgee round three plus 1600 not too bad but, again, Court McGee, not a notorious finisher either. So that is a little bit of a concern. But, yeah, official prediction for this podcast is going to be Claudio Silva. Oh, sorry, uh, Court McGee by decision. I apologize. All right, let's see what the chat is saying here, and then we'll move on. TJ saying stream keeps cutting out. Does it now? Hmm. I apologize, guys. I'm not sure. Uh, it, it, usually it gives me like a little marker on my StreamYard account here, letting me know that uh, you know that I'm having connection issues or something like that, but it's not showing anything like that. Hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully you guys can still hear my audio. We'll see. UCF Rob is saying it's, I think it's a YouTube issue. It's been going on most of the night. Okay. Yeah. I think it's probably YouTube again. I usually get like, like when you guys are looking for, uh, you know, bars and reception on your cell phone. It usually gives you that the bars sign. I'm not getting the bars sign here at all, so I apologize. Uh, Silva so, all the way. Darth Vader is stream working on my CPU, but I turned on my phone and it's fucking my phone. That's weird. Uh, Daddy K took McGee against Connor Brutal end of round one. That threw him off for rounds two and three. Yeah. TJ Kill, yeah, the winds will tell us a lot with this one. I absolutely agree with that. Marco Copland, me know, my stream is cutting off, too. I think it's a YouTube issue. I apologize, guys. Again, I don't see anything on my end in terms of telling me that it's fucking up. Fuck. Damn, you guys... uh... Damn, you guys are absolutely uh, hammering me with the uh, with the YouTube issue right now. I'm not I'm not entirely sure what's going on, guys. I'm even rewatching it myself right now, and it seems to be going fine. All right, but I'm going to continue as the stream is going. Yeah, I'm going to keep this string going. So, ultimately, I will go with McGee by decision here. Round 3 is obviously intriguing considering the poor gas tank from Claudio Silva. Uh, but close fight. I, I'm not – I'm have zero confidence in this fight. But I will ultimately go with the Claudio Silva – or, sorry, with the Cormie side. Fuck, I did it again. God damn it. All right. Next fight, we got Ben Rothwell versus Chris Barnett. Minus 310 on Big Ben Rothwell. Um, and plus 255 on Chris Barnett. For people who have been around MMA for a while now, you guys know exactly who Chris Barnett is. Uh, Hugly Bear, if I'm not mistaken, is his nickname. Uh, very entertaining fighter. Very deceptive in terms of what, you know, what he brings to the table physically. Uh, you know, considering how athletic he actually seems to be doing flips and all this dancing and, uh, you know, the craziness that he brings to the table. Beast Boy is obviously what his other uh, nickname is a very fun fighter, right? I, I I like what he brings to the table and obviously what he brings to the table in terms of a, um, a personality coming into the ufc but very tough fight for him here in his uh ufc debut against ben rothwell especially on late notice not to mention the last time he fought he weighed in at 300 pounds for a super heavyweight fight that was september of 2020 so we're talking about uh, what is that eight months ago hopefully he's been able to kind of trim down a little bit so he can make the 265 pound limit Maybe that's something that he's been trying to do over his last couple of fights so that he can actually make the weight and eventually make it to the UFC, which luckily for him, he has managed to do. Um, You know, decent striking, decent ground and pound, uh, decent overall striker. Again, deceptively athletic for his build uh which is weird to say uh but ben rothwell i think is going to be a tough uh you know spot for him to overcome there have been a couple of tko losses on chris barnett's record i think he does have a little bit of a uh i don't want to call it a full-out shit issue but i do think that he will struggle against the power of ben rothwell if ben rothwell actually lets his striking go that's my qualm. I'm not sure if Ben Rothwell is going to go out there and actually let the let the hands go. So I'm not trusting Ben Rothwell anywhere near that minus 300 range. I am going to pick him to win this fight. Uh, ultimately, I'll end up saying that he wins by decision uh, just by staying uh, a little bit more active and kind of, you know, hopefully clinch fucking Chris Barnett, trying to slow him down a little bit that way. But I do like Ben Rothwell to win this fight via decision. Again, no real strong plague here, as I do think that's... That... Um, that uh chris barnett is a live dog just not confident enough to actually bet it here let's see if some of us actually have come back timothy maynard saying the stream is down fuck i apologize guys i'm not not sure 100 what what is going on what i will do though is if you guys want to hop on to the youtube version of the stream that i'm doing or sorry the um twitter stream that i'm doing it seems to be going okay over there. I'll put it into the chat here. Uh, I I just commented uh, the 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 Twitter stream that you guys can watch exact same stream, you guys may not be able to comment, which kind of sucks. But uh, hopefully that works. Again, try to close the the YouTube, come back to the stream, see if it happens uh, or works out if it doesn't work out then I apologize. Maybe you guys can watch it on the Rewind or the replay. All right, let's keep this train moving along. Uh, actually, let's see what um, the chat was saying before I moved on. Um, do, 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 do. SKD is saying Barnett's avi looks like a video game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it absolutely does. Levi Webb was saying, Father of Clinton. That is absolutely is a father dad goldstein saying i'm betting clint's dad versus barnett via violence with another sprinkle on clint senior <laughs> via sub outright 13 to 1 not bad uh thick back barnett's streak is padded uh dad wins one's today i wouldn't be surprised i would not be surprised all right let's move on to the next fight here and we got Hikaru Hamos versus Bill Algio. So what I'm actually going to do for you guys here is don't call me lazy for doing this, but I do want to play the breakdown that I actually did for this fight the first time that they were scheduled to fight. I don't think anything has changed, or at least in my mind, in terms of what how this fight will actually play out. But I felt like I broke it down perfectly for you guys when I did it in the pre-recorded version um, for you guys. So give me one sec. And I'm going to line it up for you guys right here. Let me see if I can pull it up. all right so this is a pre-recorded version of the bill Algio and uh hikaru hamosh that i uh breakdown that i did two uh, two months ago if you guys can't hear the audio please let me know that would be very 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 helpful but here we go Hamosh versus uh Bill Algio just having a little bit of a brain fart there. Uh this fight's pretty much a pick We got a slight favorite here for Bill Algio at minus one fifteen and minus one oh five for uh Carla Hamosh, but there are certain places that you could possibly get him at plus one oh five and plus one ten, and it seems like the wa- line is starting to widen a little bit. And I don't completely understand that it might be because that we got Bill Algio coming off a pretty dominant victory over Spike Carlisle last time around and mixed in the fact that we've seen Hakaro Hamosh knocked out in his last fight against Lerone Murphy. Let's start off on the Hamosh side of things, who's a very heavily touted prospect coming into the UFC. Unfortunately, he did eat a couple of hours in his uh, UFC career thus far, but I still don't think that's truly slowed down, Uh, you know, the prospect that he could truly be or the, the fighter that he could truly be once he completes his full potential. He's 25 All right, well that was a failure. So I'm not going to try that again. I apologize. It seems like YouTube is just on the absolute fritz right now. So uh yeah, I'll just break down this f- fight for you guys the way that I was going to do it regardless. I always like kind of just using the breakdown that I already have if a fight has gotten canceled last minute as I felt like the first time breaking the fights down is always the best and that's what I always want to show you guys. But uh let me let me just add up my uh let me just add my screen here back for you guys all right so Hamush bill algio minus 120 algio plus 100 for hakaro Hamush now this fight was originally scheduled for uh, a couple weeks ago let me get the actual date that they were scheduled for um April 17th so just just over a month ago uh they were scheduled to fight a Hamush removed due to covid 19 protocols Again, I, I don't think it was anything that was, is completely going to affect his performance here, but I do still like him to win this matchup. Now, a lot of people are just throwing out. Um, a lot of people are throwing out uh, the fact that uh, Hamosh uh, shows such a highly touted prospect coming into the UFC, right? Minus 275 against Kyung-ho Kong. Um The favorite against Syed Nurmagomedov. Minus 380 against Journey Newsom. Minus 430 against Eduardo Garrigori. Uh, And then minus 185 last time against Lerone Murphy. So he has dropped the ball twice as the favorite. And especially somewhat competitive fights where he's ended up dropping the ball. I'm still not a big Algeo Algeo believer. I do think that he still has some issues that he needs to shore up. And I do think that Hikaru Hamas, as long as his chin kind of allows him to survive, he should be able to go out there and still have a lot of success with his, in my opinion, much better Muay Thai game, better striking game. Uh, It's just as one his cardio and his uh his durability that have question marks for me. Personally, I did have a car hamush as my dog of the night play when they're originally scheduled a fight. I ended up, you know, obviously having that uh, bet voided. Uh and considering that I do have a couple more safer dog of the night spots on this card, I'm ultimately gonna end up passing on this fight. I saw a ton of love for Bill Algio last time around, and I'm expecting the same thing this week, but uh, you know, the, the line was pretty much a with even a Amush as a slight favorite. Um, and then Bilaljo got a ton of steam late in fight week and we got, uh, the minus 120 now on Bilaljo. I wouldn't even be surprised to see the line go a little bit higher. A lot of people are big on Bilaljo. You know, he has a weird unorthodox striking style, has some decent jujitsu, decent wrestling, uh, you know, decent understanding of those of those techniques but I do think that Ricardo Hamosh has him slightly beat let's not forget Hamosh is only 25 years old and people are just automatically uh, counting him out right uh, Hamosh got ground and pounded finished by Lerone Murphy last time around But that was another fight um that was another fight that um Hamosh uh you know Played around a little bit too much, right? That was the fight where he was like throwing those weird, like, uh, deep te- or back kicks, uh, to the to the shins of Lerone Murphy, and then he hung out a little bit too much on the ground, and the Ramon Murphy was really able to make him pay for that. Is Bill Algeo going to be able to come back and have that type of ground and pound effect? I'd be very, very surprised but i do still like uh carl how in this fight man i do think that he'll have the better all-around game as long as his durability is up to par i think he's going to give algio some troubles and algio looked great last time around against spike carlisle but that's what happens when you fight guys like spike you know they have that big burst in the first round they're able to get uh, a win by knocking guys out early and if you guys even saw spike Carlisle's last fight in lfa you know his lfa debut uh, or at least it, i believe it was his debut um you Know, look like he was gassing no, out, look like he was actually gonna get uh get finished or or actually lose that fight. But uh, a late finish in that first round actually ended up helping him uh bail himself out, uh, especially with his cardio issues. Bill Algeo survived that first round and then was able to start putting it on Spike Carlisle afterwards. Don't see the same thing happening here with uh uh Hamosh, uh, my guy again. I wish I could say his name properly here, but uh, HDF, uh, both guys are really hittable. I absolutely agree, both guys can be hit. Bill Aljo keeps his hands down a lot. He has that weary, un uh, unorthodox style that he likes to approach his uh his opponents with, especially in the striking. Um, but I don't think it's gonna work against Hamosh here. So I do like Hamosh, I do like Hamosh by decision. Um, but again, with a little bit more live dogs on the card, I'm gonna be looking to pass this fight and actually hit on a couple other dogs that I'm actually liking. So once again, I do like Hamosh to win this fight. Also, it's very demoralizing seeing the live number drop. But I know that this is something that's been going all on uh, for the last couple of days on YouTube as well. So, it's unfortunately, my channel is is getting the brunt of it as well. So, that kind of hurts. But, uh, yeah, I do like uh, how much to win this fight via decision. All right. If I'm not mistaken, the next fight is... The main card, yep, we are on the main card. So that is a prelims. I do like to take this time to remind the 29 people that we currently have in the live chat to please hit that like and subscribe if you haven't already. I know the the, the streaming issues are a little bit too much at this point, and I apologize for that. But there's literally nothing that I can do to help that. StreamYard artist saying everything is all good. That means it's a YouTube issue. It is what it is, but I appreciate you guys stopping by and watching the podcast. Uh, regardless, also, I'm sure people watching this on the replay are like, "What are you guys? What are you talking about?" The stream's fine. Say, <laughs> so, yeah, I apologize for that. All right, let's move on to the next fight here. The first fight on the main card, we got Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian. And I'm just going to quickly put into the chat because I know a lot of people are not able to currently see this on the live side. I will remind them that uh, it is a YouTube issue. I believe my guy Daniel K. Daniel Kraus, is actually watching this from Twitter. So again, if you guys want to watch this live on Twitter, I will put up the, uh, the link here. All right, I'll just drop the link in case anybody still wants to watch it on the live side here, just like my guy Daniel K is shout out to you guys appreciate you guys uh sticking around all right uh jack Madison, edmund shabazi now going into this when they originally scheduled to fight next week and look at that i, I messed up the uh the, the middleweight belt here uh 1485 pound belt between that jack Mason versus edmund shabazi excuse me um yeah so middleweight belt obviously uh when i was looking at this originally pre-tape I thought this was a great spot for Jack Romanson, right? Should go out there and kind of replicate what uh Derek Brunson was successfully able to do, drag Edmund Shumazi into the ground and make this a grinding fight. But my issue is that and it's weird for me to even say this, but I feel like Derek Brunson is a little bit more defensively sound, striking ever so slightly than what Jack Romanson is, right? we saw him get, you know, pretty hit up, uh hit up at will by by Jared Cannonier, uh Marvin Vittori, uh and even prior fights, you know, the Jacare Souza fight was kind of hitting him too. And I think that Edmund Shabazni is still alive for about a round and a half to two rounds. I do still think that he has cardio issues. I don't think that's something that you can just shore up over the night. And I don't think that the amount of time that he took off since the Derek Brunson fight will allow him to truly shore up those cardio issues. I think if you have cardio issues, you always have cardio issues and there's going to be a couple of fighters that have or that will be the exception to that rule right the only guy that truly comes to my mind that i think about that has improved cardio is darren stewart but even that you still see darren stewart have those flubs in those moments where he actually ends up gassing and uh but like the, the the julian marquez fight for him right he ends up tapping to a no hooks and rear naked choke and then comes back and looks great in terms of what his cardio is over 15 minutes um but is Shahbazian going to make those improvements? I'm not 100% sure. However, I do think that he's still competitive enough, competitive enough on the feet, or he has, a big enough advantage on the feet over Jack Romanson that he, he could probably probably put Jack Romanson down and still finish him with strikes. So I'm ultimately going to go with Edmund Shabazzini here, which is a weird take considering that I was one of the few guys that was on Derek Brunson last time around. But one, the line isn't as intriguing on Der- uh, Jack Romanson, obviously being a minus 155 favorite compared to the plus 300 that we were getting on Derek Brunson last, ta- last time around. But I do think that Shabazian is still sharp on the feet. I still think he's a very skilled kid. The kid's only 23 years old. Let's not throw him to the side already. And the more you look at this fight, the more that you can actually believe that he should go out there and put it on Jack Hermanson. I do think that Shabazian has the better hands. I think he has more power. And I do think that he's going to be live enough to finish Jack Romanson here. So uh, if I'm not mistaken, some of the lines that I've been seeing is Edmund Shabazian winning in round one is plus 600. Plus 325 is now what I'm seeing for Shabazzini in round one. I think that's a great line. Shabazzini by KO, plus 265. You guys can even take that one. I do think that he is live enough to go out there and knock out Jack Hermanson here. Now, if this fight gets past that round and a half mark, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical. I'm going to be a little bit sketched out. But I do think that he's still going to be able to go out there and uh, have a good performance in those first two rounds. If not knock out Jack Romanson. I think he should at least survive that third round here against Jack. But again... Got to be very careful. It was a very underwhelming performance last time around, and Jack could replicate what Derek Brunson does, but I do think that we're going to see a better Edmund Shabazian this time around, and we'll th- I think we'll see him go back to his uh, early finishing ways as he did uh, before that Derek Brunson fight. So, yeah, I got Edmund Shabazian by knockout. Brett Z saying, am I higher or is Joker the lock of the night? I don't see how he loses. I pretty much just broke it down for you right now, buddy. I don't think he is that defensively sound when it comes to the striking realm. And I think that Shabazzian, who, uh, again, I do think he is a very good striker. I think he could expose that in Jack Romanson. And that's, again, people just throwing Shabazzian to the side. What have you done for me lately, right? Shabazzian loses one fight coming in as a minus 360 favorite. Now he means nothing to anybody. Don't, don't get sucked into that. Hermanson could win. Don't get me wrong. Hermanson could win. But I don't think that Shabazzina has a good enough chance to go out there and replicate what he did in his first UFC stretch and get that first round knockout. Reggie's saying Jack's top game is nasty. Yeah. But, like, will he successfully get there uh, in that first round? Not 100% sure. Justin Villegas saying, damn, now i got to <laughs> spend more time with my girl. Damn it, Night. Everyone have a good night. No worries. night show was good. Going good as always. You can watch on the repeat. I'm not sure if my ju- guy, Justin, is around. Sex I Jack is kind of a girly man. That's a weird approach. Uh, Levi, white bull, Shabazzin by KO. Yep, that's what I like. Um, SKD hasn't, Hermansen demonstrated his chin lately. Uh, again, Vittori, more of a bull rusher. Again, I think that Shabazzin actually hits harder than Vittori. Uh, the gasoline fight, we don't really get to see that player on the feet too much. And obviously before that, goes out there and gets knocked out by Jared here. Again, I think Edmund is one of the better skilled strikers in this division. And I think it's going to be hard um, for Hermanson to deal with that. All right. Next fight, we got Holly and Paiva versus David Dvorak. Now, Dvorak, uh, very good UFC stretch so far. 2-0 uh, decisive uh, victories in his last defense against Bruno Silva, who I obviously gave as my very solid pick uh, for this card earlier in the card. Uh, and then Jordan Espinoza as well. Very good performance from David Dvorak with you know, good leg kicks, good combinations. Really keeping Jordan Espinoza guessing and really didn't allow Jordan Espinoza to get his wrestling game going or even his speed to really... Uh, Take much of a factor. Holly and Paiva, plus 125. I think I really like him as a dog spot here. Now, I've been kind of touting the horn of Holly uh, and Paiva as a, a dog that I'm, uh, or sorry, a dork, dark horse in this division. I was going to call him a dark horse. <laughs> I, I call him a dark horse in this division as I do think he's a very skilled op- or a fighter. Not to mention, he could possibly be undefeated in the UFC right now. The Kai Car France fight, UFC 243 in the hometown of Kai car France. I believe that Car France got a a hometown robbery that night. The Hajiria-Bonturin fight he gets a nasty cut on his sport after cutting up Bontarine himself. And then unfortunately, they stopped the Paiva side and Paiva did have a really bad cut. So I don't blame him there. But again, if that fight went much longer, I think that Paiva would have outstruck uh, Bonturin for the majority of it and then maybe finished him later or at least gotten the decision. Uh, Montana Del we saw what uh Paiva is when he's at his best, goes out there and finishes Del relatively quickly. So good win for him there. And then the Zauge zumagulov fight. You know, zumagulov decent technical striker, not the greatest output, which is why Paiva was able to get the the win in that fight, just completely outstriking him and having a much better overall game. I think that Paiva, very good frame for this division, five, eight, 69 inch reach. Obviously, that's a uh, you know on the higher side compared to you know most of the five wits in this division and then Dvorak has a really good you know technical striking game but I think he's gonna deal with the outside striking or the distance striking of Paiva in this fight. I think Paiva moves good enough to at least land the better combinations, land the better strikes that's gonna get him uh the judge's nod in most of these uh, most of these rounds. And I do think that Paiva goes out there and springs the upset. Now Paiva, last time around against uh, Zagas Umgulov. Uh 52 strikes. Uh, sorry, total strikes was 56 to 73. You know, Zagas did outstrike him there. But I do think that we saw the more impactful shots from uh, and Paiva, which is why I, I believe he deserved to win that fight. Um, Dvorak, again decent volume strikers 68 strikes last time around 67 before that but I think he's gonna have troubles kind of tracking down Paiva here compared to his last two opponents who are a little bit more willing to engage in the the pocket Paiva will be on his bicycle a little bit more I wouldn't even be surprised if Paiva wants to just uh, take this fight to the ground or at least try to clinch up with him and overpower him but I do think he does his best work when he's on the outside and chipping away at these guys with his strikes so I do like Paiva here uh, I do think he ends up getting the decision. Uh, I do think that Dvorak does have a, a bright future of his own. But stylistically speaking, I don't think that this is a great matchup for him. So ultimately, I will end up going with uh Paiva to win this fight. And I'm gonna take him to win this fight uh via decision and definitely one of my stronger dog leans on this card. Levi Webbo is saying prospect versus prospect. Yeah, I agree. Again, Paiva only 25 years old, so let's be very careful in terms of uh uh you know automatically writing him off because he has two losses early in his ufc career man it's really bumming me out that we only have 18 live viewers on uh on um on youtube i know on the twitter world or for through twitter we got another Where is that 15 20. ah such a bummer hopefully youtube gets this shit together next time so it's not as bad throughout the week all right let's move on to the next fight here still going hard for the people that are watching this on the replay and they're like what are you talking about the stream looks fine (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) things do not look good here at all all right uh Felicia Spencer going up against Norma Dumont this is a fight that we've been seeing a lot of action on um especially on the Norma Dumont side right uh let me just pull this up so Felicia Spencer open as a minus 215 favorite she gets uh brought down to minus 140 ish now she's back up to minus 160 i think that was more so the line kind of just settling out and uh you know people seeking the value on normal demand which i don't blame them for ultimately i think that uh spencer deserves to be the favorite here and i think she wins this fight with somewhat uh ease um there are question marks about what Norma Dumont looks like off of her back. That is something that I'd like to find out. That's something that we'll definitely find out with Felicia Spencer this weekend. Norma Dumont seems like she might have the better striking than Spencer, but I don't think it's to the point where she's gonna go out there and land these crazy strikes and uh, you know, nuke Felicia Spencer and put her out. You know, she went Felicia Spencer Spencer went in a hard 25 minutes with the Nunes and was able to see the judge's scorecards at the end of it. Sure, there were Possibly uh, numerous amounts of occasions where you can say that uh, the referee sure ended up stopping it. But, you know, Felicia Spencer's uh, durability pulls through and she sees the final scorecards. Even Cyborg, right? She goes 15 minutes with Cyborg without getting finished. So hats off to her as well. But I think that this is a great matchup for her to go out there and absolutely crowd Norma Dumont and get her to the ground and start grinding her out. Uh, maybe even find a finish of her own. But I don't really know the level of Dumont's ground game. And that's an issue for me in terms of truly investing in Felicia Spencer in the spot. I do lean her a little bit more. I do think that she deserves to be the favorite. And I do think that she's going to have a lot of success in terms of uh, getting Dumont down and controlling her because she does have a pretty good top game. And I think that's where she does her best work she she finds submissions or she grinds you out. Uh, I'm not 100% sure she'll grind out Dumont or find this submission, but ultimately I'm going to go with the decision just to stay on the safe side as uh, you know there are a lot of unknowns about Dumont. The only real fights that we've seen a lot of good stuff from her was like the 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 Ashley Evan Smith fight. Outside of that, you know, there's very scarce footage on the regional scene. She showed great striking in the Evan Smith fight, and not a lot of people expected that. Uh, And again, in the Megan Anderson fight, that didn't really play out too much for us to truly see what Norma Dumont brought to the table. With Felicia Spencer, we know she's a former Invicta champion, uh, you know, got a title shot uh, in the UFC. Um, High-level fighter at 145 pounds relative to what the rest of the competition brings to the table. Um, if I'm not mistaken, also Norma Dumont last time around was uh, scheduled to fight at 135 pounds. She misses weight there, <laughs> so they make her go up to 145 pounds to try to get her back into the uh, into the UFC and see how that goes. But at the end of the day, I'm going Felicia Spencer. I think she uh, decisions her, uh, but uh, a submission wouldn't surprise me again, considering the lack of knowledge that we have regarding uh, Norma Dumont and what she looks like off of her back uh Spencer to win by submission is plus three hundred. Spencer to win by KO plus nine hundred. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be a bad spot. And now the reason I say that is, what if we get a potential TKO here, right? Ground and pound. What if Spencer's not able to lock up a submission, but she's always able to get dominant position, whether it's top, uh full mount, whatever it is, and just she just lets Donkey Kong punches go or something like that. So Spencer by KO plus nine hundred is not a bad line. But ultimately, I'm going to take her to win this fight via a decision. All right, let's see what the chat is saying here. My guy, Sun Tzu, shout out my guy, Zoe. Um, Three absolutes in life. A straight male should never walk into a bar named Harpooned. Check <laughs> two knockout therapy. that should be granted landmark status. Check three Felicia Spencer will nuke Dumont. You think that Felicia Spencer will finish Norma Dumont? I'd be surprised. I know my guy Joe is just as much of a women's MMA whisperer as I am, but I'm not as confident in him in terms of nuking uh Dumont. But I do think that Spencer wins this fight with relative ease. Levi Whitebull thinks that Spencer is lock of the night. I wouldn't be surprised with that um daniel saying felicia spencer and under two and a half interesting under two and a half is plus 160 not too bad of a spot um nicolas west spencer's going to win me a lot of freaking money yeah i do like her in this spot. i do think she wins uh sex God broad the spencer line movement is actually crazy like is this real life yeah a lot of people were sold on dumont after that one win over ashley evan smith is what it is guys Darth vader norma do not better <laughs> i like it i like it Darth vader is this a ranked fight number one versus number two the division got like six people in it i think i'm ranked in this division <laughs> uh it's so sad that they can't even come up with a with a top 10 very very unfortunate for them there all right let's move on to the next fight. here we got justin Tafa against jared Vandera. do i really need to spend that much time on this fight uh justin Tafa going out there and proving all the haters wrong in his fight against carlos philippe where he came in as a plus 160 dog and i thought he deserved to win that fight I was holding a Carlos Philippe parlay ticket for some goddamn reason, and I thought I lost that ticket. Luckily, the judges were blinded, and they gave the fight to Carlos Philippe, but I thought that Justin Tafel won that fight. He showed great patience, showed great leg kicks, showed great body work as well, uh, showed a good cardio as well. He was able to go out there for 15 minutes and strike with Carlos Philippe. Philippe seemed like he was just completely gun-shy and just couldn't let his punches go, but Justin Tafel was letting his uh, strikes go, and again, I thought he deserved to win that fight. So my, my perception on Justin Tafa has absolutely changed since the fight uh, against Jorgen Castro, And even before Jorgen Castro, again, I didn't rate him that highly. But I do think that this is a great matchup for him against Jared Vandera. As long as he doesn't get knocked out, and as long as he doesn't get grapple-fucked by, uh, by uh, Jared Vandera here, I think that tafa should be able to find the chin and then eventually finish Vandera probably in the second or third round. Is there a lock of the night play type of confidence? No. Again, Justin Toffa, I do think that he's primarily a striker. I think that if Vendera wants to bring a grapple-heavy approach here, he could do so, and he could be successful with it. But I'm not banking on it. I'm not trusting Jared Vendera as a dog. I'm not trusting Justin Taffa as a minus-185 favorite. But this seems like a good fight for Toffa to go out there, get his striking going, and really put it on Vendera, and then eventually find that knockout. So I'll go Justin Toffa via second-round knockout in this fight. Not a lock of the night play, though. Levi Weipo Vendera by ground and pound TKO. Darth Vader saying Tafa going to get Decastro. Castro. See, the, the, that's that's the the issue that I have. I know there are the people that have the belief that Jared Vendera will take the grapple heavy approach, which he could absolutely do. Going to be tough though. Going to be tough. But I go, do, I got Tafa by second round TKO. No real confidence on that spot. All right, Carlos Sparza versus Yan Xiao Nan. A lot of people. A lot of thoughts about this fight Carlos Barza, that line moving heavily um plus 160 is what she opened up at she started settling around plus 140 and then she got down to plus 105 but after running the tape i hate to say this especially as somebody that's a big fan of yan Nan. I think that this is a very tough opponent for her and Carlos Sparza who we know is probably one of the best if not the best grappler wrestling wise in this division. Tatiana Suarez probably has something to say about that. And okay, you know what? I'll say Carlos Sparza second best wrestler in this division because Tatiana Suarez absolutely destroyed her when they fought and uh you can't really blame uh Carlos Sparza for losing that fight the way that she did. But Every other fight, Carlos Sparza goes out there, grounds her opponents, uh, even though it has some good striking exchanges. In the Michelle Watterson fight, that fight primarily took place in the striking realm, and Watterson did not let her strikes go. Carlos Esparza was the one actually pushing the pace on the feet and actually able to uh, kind of outpoint her there and win that fight via decision. But we're not saying that Carlos Sparza needs to go out there and uh, strike with Yan Zhounen. That would not be uh, advised whatsoever, just like the Marina Rodriguez fight. The Marina Rodriguez fight was a huge head scratcher, right? Uh, I believe I backed Esparza as a dog in that fight, but, you know, has good uh, top control, has good success there, and then just jumps back for a heel hook for some reason in her in the first and second round very, very weird. Rodriguez gets out of those positions and then starts running down big shots from on top. Thankfully, the judges didn't score that too heavily and did score the control time for Carla Esparza more. And then in the third round, Carla Esparza looks a little bit beat up, took a lot of damage, but is able to secure the takedown with her wrestling background and then grind out that fight to win that fight via decision. Now this, stylistically speaking, is pretty much the same fight with Jan Janan. Marina Rodriguez and uh, Jan are very similar. I think that Marina has a little bit more tools in the shed in terms of being an overall uh, MMA striker, where Jan, most of her striking, I'd say most of her damage comes from her hands because she has some very, very good hands and a lot of power behind him too. Obviously, no finishes in the UFC to this point, but she does damage her opponents a lot, not to mention that Carolina Kovakovic fight where she just absolutely brutalized her eye. Um, and you know, that fight was close to being stopped too, as Carolina probably wasn't able to see out of one of those eyes. The Claudia Gdelia fight, that's the main one that we really got to look with here or, or look at here in terms of seeing how successful can Carla Esparza be. And given how successful Claudia was in terms of initiating the clinch, uh landing takedowns. Having decent top control, I think Carla Esparza can do that, but better. Because we know Carla has a better gas tank compared to Claudia Gedalia. We know Carla Esparza has the, again, second best wrestling game in this division. And Yan Xiaonan, even in several fights into the UFC now, still shows issues in terms of being taken down. And again, I'm a big Yan uh, fan. I do think that stylistically speaking, if she can go on there against other fighters that are not named Carla Esparza, she can come out on the winning end. Again, the Claudia Gadelha fight, good stylistic matchup for her because, yeah, she's probably going to lose that first round. But then after that, we know Claudia slows down, and that's where Yan was able to keep the pace. And that's what Yan does. you know, she, she doesn't overexert herself early in the fights. She keeps the same pressure as she did in the first round all the way to the third round. She keeps her strikes going. Same level of uh, power, same level of competence, great combinations, and I think that works against certain opponents. But she's going to be fighting off her back a lot in this fight against Carla, as far as a, as I do think that Carla would ground her pretty much every single round, and I think that she'll be able to grind out this fight and win it via decision. So, I like Carla. I like Carla via decision, uh, which is currently sitting at. Oh, Carla via decision plus one sixty-eight. Beautiful, beautiful line. Plus one forty at a couple of places. Beautiful line as well. Carla Esparrza by submission plus eight hundred is worth a little bit of the sprinkle, but I don't want to put. I don't want to give you guys too much confidence in that, just because the only real like submission threat that I think we've truly seen Yan Jiao Nan in is is that. Uh, that triangle had that Angela Hill had at the end of the first round against uh, her a couple fights ago. I don't see Carla getting into that position. Again, Carla more so likes to go out there and kind of control her opponents on the ground, doesn't really seek submissions or anything like that. Um, and, and I don't blame her, right? I think that her jujitsu game is not up to par with her wrestling, but it's still good enough to keep her out of trouble, keep herself out of submissions. And, uh, you know, again, for her, it's, position over submission whereas other fighters it's more so the other way around but Carla it's been working out for her, especially on this 45 winning streak going up against very very heavy strikers you know Alexa Grasso very good striker Marina Rodriguez very good striker Yan Jiao Nan, very good striker but questionable takedown defense which is ultimately why I have to go against my heart <laughs> and I gotta pick Carla as far as win this fight by decision all right let's see what the chat is saying here uh Levi white bowl cookie monster for the decision win I agree um now the line has moved I wish I got a little bit more on Carla yeah I wish I got on the tape a little bit more earlier on that one too because those lines were absolutely crazy plus 140 absolutely crazy I do still think that I deserves to be the favorite here so I wouldn't even mind even betting her uh you know at this underdog odds my guy I'm in killer saying plus 130 steal for admin Shabazin. I agree my guy, MMA experts, shout out AJ. Stop him by the chat, saying what up. Seems like YouTube's issues are finally over with. Most people are hopping back onto the streams now, so shout out to everybody there. Uh, Darth Vader rose to the winner, so you've chosen death. Yes. Danny Kay, I like Carla too. Yep, I think she's a good spot. I mean, Kayla Robfon beat Marlon, so now he beats Cody. Okay. Darth Vader, so many decision on the five on in. We're thinking about putting life savings on Fico's decision. I would not put life savings on anything. Uh, Waila Al-Gaban, if Jan's still training a team Alpha Male, would think her wrestling defense should be more improved. Again, it just looked so bad last time around, right? I'm not sure how much it's really going to improve, especially against uh, a fighter like Carla sparza who, ex- again, second-best wrestler in this, in this uh division some people all i gotta say (laughs) the gaming wolf 87 i like carla as a dog i absolutely agree all right main event time rob font cody garbrands uh the line has been bouncing back and forth all week right uh plus 110 is what rob font opened at got him down to minus 130 now back up to minus 110 and i gotta say i lean the rob font side ever so slightly Um. I do think that Font, a little bit more versatile of a striker in terms of being a more eight-limbed striker compared to Korda Garbrand, who seems to have his best success with getting his striking going uh, with his hands. More of a boxer than anything. Big power in his hands, as we obviously saw last time around, where he was able to stiff... uh, Rafael Assange, a beautiful finish from him there. And Cody Garbrandt looks, uh, when he's on, he looks great. As long as he doesn't go out there and get absolutely like starched like he did against TJ Dillashaw and Pedro Munoz, he should be able to have solid performances. But I feel like Rob Font has all the makings to go out there and absolutely uh, uh, put a good show on uh, against Cody Garbrandt. Does he finish him? I'm not 100% sure. Um, Rob Font, we've seen what his kryptonite has been is when guys are able to take him down and, and kind of grind him out the way that Hafael Asunsao did. A really good performance from him there. Again, Asunsao mixed up the whole MMA game to really get the win there. But man, I'm having super hard, uh, super hard time really like figuring this fight out. But I do uh, end up on the Rob Font side more often than not it's also the chin of cody Garbrand that gives me a little bit of worries again when he's on his p's and q's and mines all of his shit uh he looks like a world beater but if he gets clipped rob font i think has big enough power to actually hurt him and actually uh give him some issues here too uh shout out to my guy zach johnson absolutely uh reminding us as well to the the reach here right we got a six inch reach advantage for rob font who could potentially use that very very uh properly same height um more experience for rob font uh cody garbrandt obviously making it to the pinnacle of the division by winning the title and then ultimately losing it shortly thereafter um but i do think that font uh presents some troubles here that cody garbrandt's gonna gonna struggle to deal with again a full muay thai game a full kickboxing game mark Gradi trained rob font um I i think that he's gonna you know have a lot of success, not to mention Rob Fonts, a part of that whole like, uh, where's a New England cartel movement but Calvin Cater and those guys. Obviously, carry coming off the worst beating in his career, but Rob Fonts really been scorching, right? Sergio Perez, Ricky Simone, uh, Marlon Moraes, very, very good wins from especially very dominantly last time around against Marlon Moraes. But people can say what they want about Moraes being uh broken at this point in time. But Rob Font went out there, did what he was supposed to do, still a plus 150 underdog in that fight, and went out there and finished Marlon Moraes in that first fight. Or first round so very very good performance from him there again i think cody gets the better of the boxing but i think rob font has the better overall striking i can see rob font attacking this from a, a kick heavy approach you know uh trying to slow down rob uh cody garbrandt with leg kicks maybe uh uh look at the calf kick as a way to slow down cody garbrandt uh try to keep him keep him on the outside so he can get his strikes going after that yeah, I just think that Rob Font has a little bit more to us. Again, when Cody Garbrandt's on, he's fucking on. We see the the Dominic Cruz performance for him. Uh, the Rafael Assange fight, right? It wasn't really blowing him away, per se, but having good enough success in that fight up until the point that he ends up knocking him out, I believe, at the ending of that second round. But I still ultimately do have Rob Font here, and I do think that Font can finish him late. Uh, he's going to catch him with something. He's going to catch him with a great combination and then eventually put out um, um, Rob Font. Uh, I think he puts out Cody Garbin, probably third or fourth round here so I'll go Rob Font, third round TKO but that hurts to say man Cody's such a good fucking fighter I could be off on this one but confidence on this one is very very low but I'm going to go with Rob Font here Um. alright I'm in, you're out of here brother this guy's a little bit too much it's soft it's so hard to say see a guy that uh whatever fuck him all right um let's see what the chat is saying here dancing font scorecards no action i like that that's a very good approach to this brett z is saying cody's faster younger and hits harder I agree with uh, pretty much all three assessments there. But I do think that uh, Font brings a much better striking game, to be honest. Overall, overall. Darth Vader, there should be a bet on Aljo Tweet or anything. Anytime about are borderline, Italy, go strike Chris. <laughs> Zach Johnson, Cody got hard. It's hard to bet against. True. Dan, I had a big play on Charlie Owen. We'll be back in Font. So no, <laughs> exactly. The the trolls are out today is all I got to say. Um, Darth Vader, boxing is super crisp. If Cody's chin holds up, it'll be a fucking war. Doubt it. Though I'll probably make my picks and then of the day. (laughs) Again, I'm not going to have any big money out of here. I'm not going to have any big money in this uh, on this card or on this fight specifically. Very, very close fight. Uh, the Gaming Wolf, I agree with you on font to fight Miles and inside in a decision, then inside the distance. The czar, Lachlan, I always had a good viewpoint no matter what the outcome. Listen close. Magny was a great pick, few had, and that I took that one going 7 and 1. Yes, sir. Joseph Sasso seems to know that guy that I just blocked. Never seen that guy around before, but that first comment was worthy of a block uh block. Killer G that fond jab is sexy. Yeah. Cody Gartner has a very good boxing game of his own, so very close. Nick Sisson, what's up, my man? I just got here. I'll have stitches on uh okay. <laughs> the tier shot gg seems like the trolls get to you every stream. Just one of them. Yes, sir. zara has taking uh cody by kale could see it again i don't want to be too far gone on that one um no real heavy confidence on on font but i do uh lean him at the end of the day uh all right last thing i want to uh drop for you guys is actually the lineup for this weekend's ultimate weigh-in show friday night um 9 p.m. Eastern, as you guys obviously know, Ultimate Wayne Show. I have a rotating ga- crew of guys that I bring in. This weekend, we got my guy, Dave Milhouse uh, from Millhouse Sports. Very sharp guy. I do the Lions, uh, uh, line Sniper HQ show with him once a month at least. Uh, so good guy there. Very sharp guy. Very analytical, statistics-driven, but very smart dude too. So uh, he's going to be the first guest I have on. I'll also have not fight night picks the whole crew, but I'll have Craig Craig Allen is going to be coming on the show and uh, helping us break down the fights one last time at 9pm Eastern. Very much looking forward to that one. I've done a couple of streams with Craig before. Very smart guy, very sharp guy, very good guy. Uh, So very happy to have him on. And then lastly, we're going to have my guy Brian Peachtree uh, from MMA takes podcast. Very solid guy himself too. Very professional behind the mic. And I can't wait to have him on the stream with me. Uh, I've had him in the past. Uh, on one of my streams i can't remember which one but very solid guy very sharp guy as well and very entertaining too so i'm very much looking forward to um uh to having him on so uh yeah great group of guys that i have coming up for you guys this weekend and i can't wait to get into it with you guys and them as well all right let's see what the the chat is saying here and then I'm going to get the fuck up on out of here. My guy Dan is saying stream cut out earlier. Did you already say what you're considering for a Lock in the Night Play? Uh, Lock in Night Play is already posted on the Patreon. It won't come out to the public until Friday. So Friday evening, I'll drop it on my uh, on my social medias, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, line will more than likely not be the same it's already moved since i've made the bet uh if you want to see it asap it's on the patreon otherwise you gotta wait till friday that's when i'll be posting it uh and again if you miss most of the stream please do watch it on the replay there has been issues with youtube throughout the week uh that's been affecting live streams. so if you guys want to catch the rest of the breakdowns as soon as i hop off on this i'll be adding the timestamp so you guys can go right to the fight that you are you guys want to hear about and hopefully that helps you out as well um let's see what the chat is saying and then I'm getting the fuck up out of here the czar really likes MMA expert he's good on big fights I agree very solid guy Darth Vader I do lines <laughs> I got you brother uh Joseph Sasso don't underestimate the boxing Cody in this fight I think he's watching clean and the rub fought on the feet yeah I- I'm not taking anything away from him I do think that Cody this fight is like accurately lined pick him Absolutely agree. We'll see who can go out there and implement their game a little bit better. Thank you, Nicholas West, for stopping by. Darth Vader saying, "Craig's the man." Fight night picks is legit as fuck. Yep, Canadian brethren. So uh, I love those guys. Can't wait to have uh, Craig on to help break down the fights with me. <laughs> Brett, he's saying Craig is the better brother. <laughs> you guys are awesome. I'm not putting them. Uh, I'm not putting them against each other. Killer G saying, yo lock. Did you get on your boy? Tested was under the basketball game. Straight money. I've been trying to track the the total as I was doing the stream. Did the how many let me know what the, the picks are if, if it actually hit? Well, it did hit according to you, but what was the number? Because I got under 232 and a half. Let me know if they hit the under 232 and a half. Um G, let's cash this weekend thanks for the breakdown Sorry for the late comment is my guy the gaming wolf 87 don't worry nobody's ever gonna be on time it's fine killer g saying it was 228 then we cash baby i put a grand on that shit so that's like what 870 bucks uh that was able to cash off that i got a i got an mlb parlay finishing up right now too i got uh i got the under nine in the blue jays fight or blue jays fight and the blue jays game that hit um and uh, then I have a parlay with Detroit Tigers who are up two nothing, and I have Houston Astros as well. They were up the last time I checked. Now it's two or three three. So hopefully Astros are able to pull it out for you, boy. All right, let's see. Uh, Marley always look forward to every Friday and Thursday with the prop show is awesome. I do. Uh, yeah, Cody's Cody's a G. I, I love doing that show with him. Darth Vader, you the man, Locke. Appreciate you always give Matt some shit. He said there was no world. Jackery would get submitted. To be fair, no one saw it coming, but he said it on camera. Matt won't be on with me. It would just be Craig, but I'll be sure to pass along the message. But you can pass it along yourself too. Um, uh, if you come back, uh, for 9 p.m. Eastern on Friday, my guy Sansu, was that a grand in real money or Canadian? It was in my monopoly Canadian money, so uh, I'll still take it, Sun Tzu. I'll still take it. <laughs> all right appreciate everybody checking out the stream again if you guys want to support your boy the best way to do that is hitting up the patreon patreon.com mmalot and the link is in the description below as well um lock that i play is already up there i'll be posting a dog and i play in the next day or so just confirming who i want to make that play and uh yeah that's pretty much it uh free pick free picks will come out friday after my uh ultimate way in show it's going to come out on my social medias on Instagram and tourist so if you guys want to see check out there alright I'll see you guys uh, Thursday Thursday is the next time I'm going to be doing a live stream I might do a lucky late night tonight maybe or tomorrow night it's been a long time since I've done a lucky late night but I do want to satisfy that crowd you guys love doing uh, the lucky late nights with your boys so I might do that either tonight or tomorrow night so be on the lookout for that alright that's about it I'm gonna quick jibber-jabber appreciate you guys checking out the stream hit that like Hit that subscribe on the way out Good luck with your bets this week, and I'll see you guys throughout the week for even more UFC UFC Vegas 27 content. Appreciate, Appreciate you guys hanging with your boy.